This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. One week to the big day, Christmas Day. One week. And I hope your shopping goes well. I hope you do it in a safe manner and uh, you have a great weekend and a lead up to Christmas. But hey, we got work to do. We got work to do still, don't we? Some of you don't have work to do because you're on your break. What I mean by work to do, well, it's 6.30 Chad Inside Sports. Doesn't feel like work sometimes, I'll tell you. Because this show is a lot of fun. This show has many things. Fun is one of them, for sure. Um, And news travels fast. Sports news can travel fast. And man, oh man, what a 24 hours we have had uh, when we talk about the NHL uh, return to play prospects for a, uh, well, I guess we'll call it a 2020-2021 season, although that's a little wordy. Um, (laughs) Let's think about 2020, they got to go 2020-2020. You're saying 2020 a lot when it's in the 2020s. Anyway, uh, we know 2020 has been the, but uh, yes, the the 2021 season looks like it's going to start January the 13th. And 24 hours ago, I was sitting here as a perplexed guest host of this show, because Reed Wilkins off is off uh, this week. He'll be back on Monday. We'll actually hear from Reed at the bottom of the hour to react to the news. So Elliot Friedman, about a half an hour ago, tweets that there is a tentative agreement between the NHL and the NHLPA on a January 13th start date. And there is a, a lot of details that have been uh, that has been out there by by several well-known reporters that cover the hockey world. So what is happening now is there is a NHL Players Association executive board call. And then over the weekend, there will be a NHL Board of Governors call, and then votes will happen. But it looks like that we have an agreement on a return to play. The one thing that has to be uh, sorted out still is the Canadian division. And yesterday on the show at this time, or around this time, it was reported first by Chris Johnson of Sportsnet that the Canadian division may not happen because of some snags from uh, negotiations with the Public Health Agency of Canada and the five provincial health authorities Now, I don't think it's all five, and we'll hear from Brian Burke in just a a moment here, but there is concern about maybe the health protocols and how the NHL would handle, let's say, positive cases. Not just from the home side, but maybe from the visiting team either. If you let all the 31 teams, and, and that includes the seven Canadian teams, travel. So... There's concern there. Now, here's what Elliot Friedman had to say earlier uh, on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer about discussions the NHL is having with the regional health authorities. 
So there was a, a start. It started to leak on Wednesday night. And basically what happened was that there was a problem and Chris got the scoop and he did a great job with the story yesterday. And the league informed the players yesterday that the worst case scenario, Bob, was that the Canadian teams could end up in the U.S. Now, I think there's some other things they're going to try first. Number one, obviously, I think they're still going to try to communicate with the various provincial governments. And I think the federal government is lurking in the background uh, and to try to sort this out. That's obviously the preferred. And then, you know, for example, then what happens if they can't sort it all out? Um, do they have to start in a hub in Canada? Does one team, like, you know, say for argument's sake, because I think we all kind of know that the, the most stern province when it comes to this is BC, would the Canucks have to share a building with somebody else? Like, just for argument's sake, Bob, would the Canucks have to come to Edmonton and play out of there? Um, you know, like that. And so I think all of these things are going to be discussed. You know, Chris is right. Uh, there is a possibility if this doesn't work that the seven teams could have to go to the States. But I think that's the last case scenario and not what anybody wants to do. Uh, Brian Burke earlier today on Sportsnet on Hockey Central, hosted by Jeff Merrick and uh, Justin Bourne. And uh, both Jeff and Justin have been on this show several times and they're great guests. But Brian Burke talking about uh, the snag by one province and at the time, uh, his skepticism of 56 games. At least one province is holding out here and I don't know which one it is. And I wouldn't say if I did anyway. But uh, someone in the room told me it's one province is in particular causing difficulty and it may get scrapped, but they're, they're going to run out of runway. They're going to have to make a decision here soon. I've been backing the schedule out, and and I wanted to ask Elliot about this, but just bear with me here. If you go, if you start January 15th, mm-hmm. and you're going to finish July 22nd, and they've said July 15th, but let's assume they go right up to the Olympic window, and you back it out, take out, and say it back-to-back in each playoff round, so you have 12 days for the finals instead of 14 and 12 days for the conference panel, back it out, back it out, do a couple days for a play-in round, you end up with 125 days, uh, the playable days from January 15th. And then you say the players will want a, a day off each month, so they take out five days, and you end up with 120 days. And so it's about a game, 56 games, a game about every 2.1 days. Ouch. But here we are. Looks like a tentative agreement for a January 13th start with 56 games. Now, training camp uh, will start January 3rd for the 24 teams that made the playoffs last year. For the seven non-return-to-play teams, their camp would begin December the 30th. Now, the big question is, and this is, uh, I'll read this tweet from Frank Saravalli of TSN. His tweet, big question is, and something NHLPA will talk about tonight on executive board call, which is happening right now. What happens if Canadian political health authorities don't sign off on protocols on play? Options are a hub city model here in Edmonton or seven teams move to the U.S. for the season. And the indication is that players don't seem wild about either idea. Uh, Elliot Friedman again on... And he reported this earlier in the week, but uh, to Bob Stauffer today on Oilers Now explained about the Hub City option. Uh, 
A week ago, I wrote about hubs, and I had players telling me we have not heard a thing about hubs, and now they've started to hear about hubs. So it, it's clear to me what happened, uh, Bob, was that the NHL was always working on a contingency plan, as they should. It would be stupid not to. Uh, they were working on a contingency plan, and then when it became more and more close to reality, they brought it up to the players. And in Canada, initially the three cities they were talking about were Edmonton, Montreal, and Toronto. I think Montreal was out um, because uh, just what was going on in Quebec. And, you know, I, I, I heard that both Edmonton and Toronto were still on the board. And I know there was a story in Edmonton today, but I, I believe both cities are still there. In the States, I've heard it's um, Columbus, Newark, and Vegas, although somebody told me Arizona was a possibility too. Um, so I think what it is is a hub for as little as possible. The preference among the players, the team, and the league is to play in your own building. Um, however, numbers go up, there is a realization that may, that may not be possible. So, and now with this Canadian division thing or, or the, what's going on with the governments, you know, it's a real challenge. It's, it's a huge challenge. The preference is your own building, but there's a growing realization we might have to start in hubs. All right, so we'll see what happens as this story progresses, but it looks like a January 13th start has been agreed on tentatively by the NHL and the NHL Players Association. You can react as well. To call or text at 780-496-0063. So uh, the, the details about the Canadian division, uh, there's conflicting reports. There are some, and it's just too, there's just too many to list off right now because it just seems like if one, one reporter says something, another reporter says something else. So to encapsulate this, I have seen a few say, there will be a Canadian division. And then I've seen that is uncertain if there will be a Canadian division. There is hope for a Canadian division. And this is why a meeting is happening on Monday between the league and provincial health authorities. Brian Burke said, I don't want to name the province that is holding it up. I will. British Columbia. That's who it is. You, if you do the process of elimination... It's British Columbia. And if you go back to the summer, it was going to be Vancouver and Las Vegas, the hub cities. They were ready to announce it. I remember Reed and I planning to do something that day <laughs> to talk to, to to talk about it. And then boom, rug got pulled. Because uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry, who is the chief medical officer of health for British Columbia, was concerned about the, the protocols, she felt that if there was a positive case in any series, that the series needed to be shut down until that case is resolved. And the NHL says, no, no, we can't do that. They had their own protocols where I think it was you're in quarantine. I can't quite remember, but if you're quarantined maybe for five days and you'd be tested every day, I'm not sure if it's similar to what the NFL does right now. It's somewhere like it's something like that, but there is concern that, uh, British Columbia's health protocols is just too strict for the NHL. And that's why Elliot going to drop the hint if they don't play in a hub in Edmonton, because it seems like Alberta should be on board. Um, 
Ontario said today, their, their Minister of Sport and Tourism said, we want to have, Lisa McLeod is her name, we want to have a Canadian division, we want to support the Leafs and the Senators, and we want to have a Canadian division, so we want, we want to talk about this further. And it looks like the province of Quebec is, is all for the Montreal Canadiens playing in a Canadian division. So the one team that's hanging out there is the Vancouver Canucks because of the British Columbia protocols and health health protocols, that is. So Elliot dropping the hint that maybe Vancouver would have to come to Edmonton and play their games in Edmonton. That's where they're based, which would be a unfortunate situation for them. But, you know, what's the next best thing if they can't play in their own district? And you saw what Frank, or I, I read for you what Frank Cervalli said, the, the uh, temperature of the room when it comes to playing in a hub city, not good. Playing in the U.S., definitely not good. As Elliot Friedman said, that uh, it would be a short-term solution, hopefully. That would be the plan. So uh, no training camp either. So training camps start for the non-playoff teams from last year on the 30th, the 3rd of January for those that made the playoffs, the 24 teams, and then you start playing games on January the 13th. So we'll keep following this story as it develops. Reed Wilkins will join us just after 6.30 to get his reaction on the uh, the early portion of this news because it's going to develop uh, throughout this evening and throughout the weekend as well. There could be a, a Board of Governors vote by sometime this weekend. So the uh, news that just came out about, uh, I would say, 40 to 45 minutes ago from Elliot Friedman saying that a tentative agreement has been reached by the NHL and the NHL Players Association on a 56-game schedule to start January the 13th for the seven teams that didn't make the playoffs last year. December 30th would be the start of their training camp and January 3rd for the teams that did make the Stanley Cup playoffs, including the Edmonton Oilers. Now, the Canadian division still has to be decided, and apparently a meeting will be had on uh, or will be held on Monday to decide that. And it looks like the speculation... And if you read between the lines, there's only one province that is really not on board completely with the plan of the NHL. And that's the province of British Columbia speculated because it does seem like there is a bit of headway in Alberta and Ontario and in Quebec and in Manitoba as well, I should say. Now, Adrian Dater, who uh, writes for Colorado Hockey Now, he's been around for a long, long time as a a beat writer and someone that's been connected not only in the city of Denver covering the avalanche, but in the NHL, he says sources tell NHL sources tell Colorado hockey. Now that uh, teams will play home games in buildings for regular season. So again, there's a lot of reports that are going back and forth that seem to contradict each other a little bit. But I think when you have news like this, um, you, you got a lot of people that are covering this, in uh, you know, in, in in a great number that uh, and those people have sources different from other people's sources. So you know, there it is. Uh, it's you know, it's hard to kind of let the dust settle a little bit, but you know, these negotiations usually work out where if you're hearing a lot of bards being thrown back and forth like we did two, three weeks ago about the money, about the owners going to the players and saying, hey, we know we asked you to do 
to do this to defer this much could you defer more or put into more into escrow because our numbers aren't jiving to to, to, to the way we thought it was going to you know play out and then they said that's ah, okay don't worry about it well the player basically said no buzz off we want to keep the agreement we signed that's going to be a fight for another day i know i got a text yesterday from uh yakashev on the show which i didn't have time to read but basically, you know, I think you're implying, Yakushev, that maybe that had something to do with this current snag. And I don't think it is, although you do make a good point. This is something that is going to pick up later in this story, but not not in not this year. This is for like years down the road. So like you can almost pencil in a lockout in six years, perhaps. There's definitely going to be a very interesting labor fight. Now, about the uh the taxi squad. Elliot Friedman reporting that four to six player taxi squads that hasn't been sorted out. Teams have the option to pull or carry over contracts if a player opts out. So there will be an opt out clause and that hope is the season will start January 13th. So again, January 13th is a desired date. It is not the date. It is not set in stone. And uh, that has to be worked out again. The, uh, Executive board call from the NHLPA is going on right now. And the NHL Board of Governors call will happen sometime this weekend, and they could uh, go right to a vote. And about those taxi squads, it looked like it looks like it'll be because of the uncertainty of the American Hockey League season, which now they hope to start, I believe, in February and play maybe 40 games and probably in a regionalized format. But those players on those taxi squads would be paid in AHL dollars on the taxi squad. If they get called up to the NHL roster, then they would get paid an NHL salary. And it's tough because it's possible that you could only get NHL or AHL money for that season. Because all you have to do, I believe all you have to do is play one game for your NHL contract to kick in. If I'm correct. So We'll flush this out more with Reed Wilkins, the host of this program. He'll make his return on Monday. You know, we kind of thought that we would have something to talk about. And then as of an, even an hour ago, I thought we won't. But hey, Wilkie, do you want to come on anyway? Ten minutes later, we get this news that a tentative agreement has been reached. Oh. Dave Campbell for Reed Wilkins tonight, the final night until Reed makes his return to the host chair Monday at 6.05. A pretty cool moment for uh, three members. Well, really for all of the uh, members of Canada's World Junior Team who finally got out of quarantine this morning and were able to practice today. Uh, Connor McDavid popped in, and when I mean popped in, he showed up on the big board, the big video screen at uh, Center Ice and named the captains for this year's squad. Kirby Dock is the captain, Chicago Blackhawks forward, who has uh, been loaned by the team. Also, uh, Bowen Byram and Dylan Cousins are the alternate captains. So that's a thrill. Uh, there were eight German players that were uh, has te- that have tested positive for COVID nineteen. So that means their preliminary games are out. They will have no preliminary games before they play Canada on Boxing Day. To us. Uh, start the tournament for both squads and there are two positive tests from team sweden and they're out of quarantine on monday 
Now, Monday is the day that Sweden is supposed to play Canada in a preliminary round game. The Alberta Junior Hockey League says uh, they'll have to wait until next month to determine whether they can play a, uh, a regular season of some sort, which got cancelled uh, not too long ago because of the new restrictions in Alberta. Actually, it was the previous restrictions to the one that are in place now. But the big news of the night is the NHL and the NHLPA have agreed to a tentative agreement to start a season on January the 13th. Camps for seven teams who didn't make the playoffs open December 30th and January the 3rd for the teams that made the playoffs last year. That would include the Edmonton Oilers. No exhibition games, just go right to play after the training camp is over. And this has been something that, and Reid has talked about this as well, we have been waiting, we have been waiting, we have been waiting, we have been waiting, and now we're finally here as we bring in the host of this fine program, Reed Wilkins. Reed, we finally, seems like we have the light at the end of the tunnel here. Well, yes and no. <laughs> I mean... It depends what lens I, I guess, you're speaking about. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I guess I'm going to... I'm My view is going to differ for, for, from you, Dave, is that I I don't think that we're there. Uh, I'm, I mean, we're closer to... I guess we're closer to being there, but until this is actually formally announced with members of the Players Association and Gary Bettman and Donald Fear and whoever else is going to speak about it, then we will actually be there. We're we're closer than to there actually being being a vote. Uh, now you got to remember what happened last time when the players voted on the return to play in the summer. That took about three days to get all the membership yeah. to vote. So maybe we get voting over the weekend. I, I know Pierre LeBrun has reported that the Board of Governors could have a vote or call sometime over the weekend. So that still to me means Monday at the earliest, maybe even more likely Tuesday when there's actually a formal announcement about it starting. But but I do I, I do understand what you're saying that we're actually now getting really close in terms of I mean the last couple of weeks they weren't even talking very much, right? And there's there seemed to be an impasse in some areas. So it is it is good. And then I look, I've believed all the time there's going to be a season. Uh, I, I just feel like once they they formally announce it and maybe have a schedule or plans about releasing a schedule, that'll that'll be really good. I, I still I still wonder if it's going to be right on the 13th. I mean that's that's pretty rushed, but I realize players are getting back to their home cities and, and a lot of players have already been skating. And I mean, there's a lot of Oilers already been in town skating for a while. So a training camp isn't going to be that long. So yeah, the 13th, obviously at the earliest, could it be pushed back a couple days? Maybe I still think that would be in play. And I think it's going to be important to see what happens in Canada. What's mm-hmm. decided over the next 72 hours, because it seems from what I'm hearing that, it could be a non-starter for the Canadian teams to play the entire season in the United States. And I, I think they're even reluctant about having um, modified bubble cities or hub cities like they did uh, in the summer. Maybe they could start the season that way, but I don't think that's going to fly for the entire season. So there, there still are some things to work out. I, I do think that I, I do think that the season will be played. Uh, I, I think it's just the length of the season, the start date, and and the conditions. And I do think there are some things for the players where they're really going to say, "Look, we we really don't want to do that. Like if we, if we're gonna if we're gonna have a season, that's 
that's not gonna that's not gonna fly but yeah i mean we're we're definitely getting there it's nice to hear them actually talking about voting and and making those types of decisions yeah and it's a good point you you make about is january 13th going to be the beginning of the regular season and Elliot Friedman even cautioned uh, in a previous tweet not too long ago that the hope is to start January 13th and you know it was about 24 hours ago that honestly the the news it felt a little blindsiding the news that there could be a Canadian division not happen and that you see seven Canadian teams play in the U.S if not in a hub city in Canada, if that doesn't work out, they play in the U.S., and then there's no reason to realign. Um, so, I mean, we all want a Canadian division. It's been talking even since the, the late stages of the Stanley Cup playoffs here in Edmonton. Uh, but, you know, I think, I think for me, that was going to be an interesting reaction from the Canadian health authorities, the provincial health authorities, the governments. Would they, how would they feel about having... A, uh, a type of schedule, even though it is in Canada and you have seven teams that are traveling to different locations to play hockey, but what their reaction would be to see a Major League Baseball type, NFL type schedule where you do see teams that are traveling, they are bubbling in their own hotels and basically it's hotels, you know, plane, hotel, stadium, rinse, repeat, there you go. How the Canadian government would react to this, and and I think we're seeing it that they're not totally comfortable unless it's perhaps in a bubble situation. Yeah, I just we'll see. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. I mean, exceptions have been made. I mean, there's with the the World Juniors are going on here, and obviously, I guess there's already been some problems with with the German team, and that's going to affect their pre-tournament schedule. But I I think that the, I mean the NHL worked pretty hard on getting this going here in the summer, and and OEG did here, and the and the owners of the, and, and Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment for Toronto for the summer. So there there are I think there are ways to put forward a plan where they can say, okay, these teams are going to travel around and they're going to move in and out of these cities, but this is how we're going to do it all safely so they can play hockey. So I, I, I still think that's the preference of everybody. That's certainly going to be the preference of the players is to play their home games in their actual home arena and not to have to spend an extended time in another city or in hotels. It's, I mean, the schedule is clearly going to be a baseball-style schedule where you go to a city and stay there for multiple days and play two or even three games to get the schedule done. So I mean, that limits the the flying around and you can probably create, I guess it wouldn't be a, a true bubble, but you can say to players like, all right, this, you know, you, you, this is what you got to do. You're in the hotel. Maybe here are some places you can go out to eat or you got to order in food. There are, mm. there are a bunch, there are a bunch of ways to, to get around it. I, I, I just, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe a couple teams might not be able to play at home, but I, I just think that's that's really not a road the the players want to go down. I think, I think that they feel that they they gave up a lot in the summer to get that tournament done, and I, I don't think that they want to do those sort of circumstances again. I suppose if it absolutely comes down to not, you know that maybe that's the only option then then i guess that's going to be tough and and maybe they'll have to suck it up and do it but you know i i just i, I just think that 
there there's still now that we're getting closer i i think sometimes now things start to happen really fast mm-hmm. so i i think that maybe it could be a pretty eventful two to four days with in, including provincial governments and health authorities involved yeah, and I mentioned earlier there there's supposed to be a planned meeting uh, with uh, Canadian health officials on Monday, but there's no question that there's going to be communication throughout the weekend until they get to that meeting, and it's, maybe it's possible that they make some headway uh, even on the weekend because I think both sides realize that uh, something has to happen, and um, it, it'll be interesting if as it sounds like there's there's four or you know Alberta, Manitoba, Ontario, Quebec. It seems like there's some headway. Uh, we know that British Columbia, you know, they were very strict with with the with the bubble concept, and they really wanted their protocols uh, as the overarching, uh, uh, you know, standard. If you know, and I think I think the message was, if there was a positive case during a series, the series would have to be shut down. And the NHL went, uh, no. So I mean, Elliot Friedman's talked about what if Vancouver has to move to to Edmonton and play their games out of Edmonton. It's not ideal, but uh, I really don't think the NHL wants to take seven teams and, and, and move them to the U S I don't think they think that's fair. I mean, they'll do it if they have to, but I think you got to find every Avenue that would allow for a Canadian division to happen. So if you have to have, if you have to move one team and it seems like that's the team that would move is Vancouver. So be it. Cause I, I don't think the NHL really wants to move seven teams to the U S well no definitely they don't that 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 creates some problems on its own so i i think well i mean may, may, maybe it's you know maybe there's going to be one canadian team that has to play somewhere else or be a bit of a roving team i mean we have seen in the nfl that san francisco is playing two home games in arizona um mm-hmm. so i mean maybe it, i mean totally hypothetically maybe vancouver would play or or maybe you know they they could they could move around if they're already in in winnipeg and then toronto's the next team to come in and play the jets they play the jets and vancouver and they count as vancouver home games being played in winnipeg i suppose that would be a possibility but i i just think i i I would guess it's probably going to get sorted out um you know, I, I know that they want to be extremely careful, but I, I just think, does, does anybody want to be that holdout city or that holdout market? I mean, I don't know. I know there's other things going on, but I, I think if if everybody else is going to make it work and, and commit to something and try to make it through the season as normally as possible, you know, hopefully it, that everybody would get on the, on the same page with that. I mean, I guess that, that, that'd be... <laughs> be like what the rangers had to play their home games where did they play them that one year in toronto because of the circus during the stanley uh, cup final I guess yeah. that, 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 that's right some, yeah that's somewhat right of a, somewhat of a comparison <laughs> though obviously this is a lot more serious than than having a circus in town i just you know i just think it's 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 just just how this is all going to time out over the next few days is now what's of, of interest to me because I think if you know if the players are, are pretty comfortable with it, it looks like they're going to get their way financially. No proration of salaries. They didn't have to put more in the escrow. They didn't have to put more in deferral. It is like you said, and we've talked about maybe paving the way for some labor animosity down the road when it comes to the next negotiation. Because I, the owners kind of don't like the, some of the things that came up throughout this process. So that's something to file away, you know, in the in the in the futures file. But I just think that um, I think if it usually if these things once they get to a vote, 
they don't get rejected. You know, like I think the, mm-hmm. the players are going to be like, all right, it's 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 time to do this as long as they kind of get most of what they want. And I think as we've heard, most owners want to play. There are some that probably, well, we know there are some that, that wouldn't want to. Um, you know, Chris Johnston said on this show last week, maybe as many as 10 even that, that would sooner not have mm-hmm. a season. But I, but I think most of them are, are going to go along with it and, and we will be playing hockey, which will be nice to talk about some of the storylines to do with, with games. And it's important. I, I think through all of this, Dave, we've seen, and I think it's a reminder for for you and me who who work in the industry of covering sports and are always talking to athletes and coaches and managers and fans that we were reminded that the importance of sports is that they're not that important. I mean, they are they are a distraction, and that's what makes them important. There are there are entertainment, and I think that's what is nice. You know, we have we have the NFL. And, you know, I know there's college football and other things going on, but the NFL is the the biggest of all the leagues playing right now. And I think it'd be great to get hockey back that you can shut your brain off for a couple hours and watch a game or or listen on Chad and, you know, maybe listen to Rob and me and stuff like that. And and it kind of gets your mind off everything else that's going on in the world. And and you can just purely be entertained and get lost in your in your favorite sport or your favorite hockey team. That's that's the the, the vibe I'm looking forward to to getting back to and, you know, going through the ebbs and flows and the ups and downs of of a season and yeah it's going to be a different season but every team's going to be facing it equally so i still think mm-hmm. the best teams are, are going to rise by the end of it all yeah well well said reed wilkins joining us the host of this show inside sports here on 6 30 ched uh it's been uh quite the year uh for our our cluster here uh sid smith we said goodbye at the end of october our uh, longtime program manager of uh, 6 30 ched and uh, global news radio and Bob Layton is, uh, at the end of this month, is retiring. Uh, you had the pleasure of working under Bob because you were in our newsroom for a few years before you moved to the uh, the host chair of Inside Sports. So give me an insight of what is it like to have Bob Layton as your boss? Oddly enough, I never saw him that much. Uh, <laughs> but I still don't. <laughs> But no, I will say this. Uh, I, I mean, when you first meet him, it is it is a little bit intimidating, and and a, I, I was a little bit awestruck. I mean, there's such a great voice, and someone. I mean, you and I are old enough to remember when six thirty Ched was a, a top forty station, and it's what you would yep. turn into in the early and mid eighties to hear "Jump" by Van Halen, or you, you know the when doves cry by Prince or all those songs that were popular <laughs> at that time. And, and he'd be reading the news. I, I, I do remember, you know, I, I got, I did get to do some morning shifts with Bob on Chet. Uh, you know, Ed Mason, who's, who's now retired was off and I got to do uh, the morning run with Bob. And that was interesting just to see how prepared he is. And that's, that's the thing. The, the, the people who, are at the top of the industry and bob would certainly be in that category they they got there by continuing to do all the little things i mean Mm -hmm. i think sometimes there's this perception that the people who um make it the furthest eventually reach a point where they kind of stop working hard or can just cruise and i never saw that with bob i mean he's there 
proofreading. I mean, not just proofreading every single story, but reading everything out loud before it's on air. You know, like he, he never let any of those things that you're taught in school slide. And that's why he always sounds good and has the delivery down. And I remember Bob telling me that, you know, a, a news radio story, if it's, if it's, five minutes long it doesn't have to be 10 30 second stories he said try mm-hmm. he said you know if there's a story try and try and tell it in a, in a sentence or two sentences like just take the important part of that because maybe it doesn't deserve that much time or, or maybe you spent a lot of time on it earlier in another newscast and and uh now you can focus on something else in the next one so how can you how can you get something out there and i think that's what bob is good at when you hear him that voice commands respect it commands attention but you always know the story. And, and, I, and I enjoy about Bob is just how he can tell stories, whether it's a news story, whether it's his editorial, or whether it's him you know, just telling a, a joke when you get to talk to him in the newsroom or, or something off air, that he always can concisely take you to where it was and, and when it was and make you feel like he was there watching it or you're that you're there with him witnessing whatever happening, whatever was happening. I mean, it's, it's, it's a great ability and he's, he's truly, he's truly a legend at 630 Chet and in, uh, in our market, in, I mean, in our, in our industry, because obviously he's won awards nationally. It's going to be, it's going to be weird without him, but, but I am yeah. happy for him that he's decided to, to move on to that phase of his life. Yeah, uh, well said, Reed. Absolutely, uh, a legend, and you can't replace a man of the stature of Bob Layton. All right, before we let you go here, I got to read a text from the Big L, which I think you should be in on. Who was uh, very complimentary of uh, the work I have done this week, uh, sitting in for you this uh, week. So thank you, Big L. Uh, he says, "Listen, I got a couple of canned hams from inundating uh, Inside Sports with ridiculous texts over the past few years, and Wilkins said I could exchange them for Bitcoin or maybe some Inside Sports swag. I'm an XL, by the way. No need." To to check with Reed, he okayed this honest. No, I didn't, and we don't have any inside sports swag beyond the canned hams, and I, I'm not sure how Bitcoin works. You, you're eating those canned hams for Christmas, Big Al, no doubt about it. <laughs> Buddy, thank you so much. I, I hope you have a, a great uh, last couple days of your, uh, of your holidays, and uh, we will talk to you uh, for sure Monday at 10.30 in the morning. Okay, see you, Dave. Thanks for doing this. You betcha. Reed Wilkins, the host of uh, 630 Chad Inside Sports, and he will be back on Monday at 6.05. All right, Connor McDavid should be back on the ice, hopefully by January the 3rd for training camp and October 13th for the regular season. The NHL and NHLPA tentative agreement for a January 13th start to the 2020-2021 season. When we come back, we'll talk to the new voice, color voice of the Winnipeg Jets on our sister station, CJOB Radio in Winnipeg, Jamie Thomas. Campbell in for Wilkins on 630 Chad Inside Sports. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.